Hello again, subscribers, listeners, followers, friends, viewers, and the people who just found us just yesterday. With you as always, I'm Top Toes. And I'm your girl, Annie. Welcome to the Ogos Toes podcast. Um, I almost said that wrong. You're my girl. <laughs> I, I don't mind you being my girl. That's cool. For a while, it's I was your guy, Top Toes, right? So it works. Um, yeah. Hey, Top Toes. Hey, hey. And joining us uh, with us virtually from Amarillo, Texas, our first guest of uh, 2023. Yeah. You know, I'm still I'm still mentally doing the 2022 and then like putting the extra loop on the bottom because we still it's early enough in the year. We're not used to writing the date. But our As first you guest like, is turn four. your two into a three. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So mentally, I'm turning my two into a three. And our first <laughs> guest of season four. Uh, joining us from Emerald, Texas, Ed. Hey. Ed is so short. There's a lot of, there's so much to Ed. I just needed like something on Ed, but we'll let Ed tell us who Ed is. Oh, God. Oh, that's my cue. <laughs> that, that's your cue to groan, which is good. That yeah. keeps the left okay. up. <laughs> the, He's a really the problem sexy is we girl. know Ed from so we know Ed from different kinds of things. Ed's got fingers, or shall we say, toes in all kinds of things. So, I do. yeah, like you, you, you definitely need a bigger online persona than just Ed. <laughs> right, like he, his lot. intro is going to be like three sentences long. You know, <laughs> Texas fetish legends is. is my brand right now it's actually like the third brand i've had and yeah i just saw that one pop up kind of adapting to that being the new brand yeah my uh because i've got the i've got that as my fetish brand and then i've got my studio that does all kinds of production things and does a whole lot of other photography related things that is lightning design studios and then okay. I, I, my original my original website from the 90s was up for uh, about 15 years or so and before you know divorce and a few other things got it put in the in the waste basket and I took a break um, and that was the, I started it in 91 92 then I when I poked my head back in to see if what was going on on the internet and everything it was surprising to me to see you know i had you know two million i think it was two million inquiries that i found on google alone and i was like wow maybe i need to get back into that and that's how i ended up here you know it's it's been a a a definite ride that i didn't expect to see uh how how long of a break did you have like about 10 years oh my god so that i got about I took about 10 years out and then so, so you fell asleep at AOL and woke up at Instagram. Uh pretty much. And then it yeah. took me another three years to get onto Instagram and then discover the games that they play there. Oh, don't don't even get me started there. But yeah. I, I, I want to say Texas Fetish Legends is probably that that's a great that's a great identity because I you're talking about being online in 1991 in fetish production that's all yep. that i've heard of there's 
<laughs> there's almost no visual aspect to the internet in 1991. You know, maybe you know, not much. I mean, your your was... 16 by 16 pixel by 16 pixel gifs. I mean, it was it was bad. Yeah. Yeah, most video was all 640 by 380 at that point, I think. And yeah, was, and in those days, I was, days, I was still scraping news I was groups. copying stuff on VHS at that point, too. I mean, everything was real-time copies. I mean, there was no digital speed-up. So, I mean, for um, for myself and then the gentleman I was working with out of Canada, it's like we were number one and number two on the internet until, like, 2001, and... That's where I, and I've always kept a lower profile than, than most people that are in the industry now that are really big names. It's, and that's just, that's me. You know, I, I, I do so many things that are low key and behind the scenes on stuff. That's why I, I, I love the watching the progression of how things in the market have gone. But at the same time, I also know, you know, the things that I do that, that literally hold me back, you know, as far as an online presence in, I cater more to to my fans and my my followers than I do to anyone else. You know, it's I I don't jump onto trends. Uh, I I've got enough uh, tech savvy to see what's that's the what's the hot thing in the frying pan for the moment, and it's probably not going to pan out. And then I'm usually the last one to like upgrade my equipment and stuff, just because I it's, I I know how these things go when things get released, you know, or new trends start. So you're like, and, yeah, that's not gonna. It's not worth it for if it's gonna last. So no, no it was yeah. a Discussion I had with another producer a couple of weeks ago was he was you know all hot and bothered over the 4K 60 frame per second, and I'm like, you know it all streams in 1080p, right? And he was he just was shocked, and I was like, yeah, it, it, it's all converted <laughs> and it streams in 1080p. So spending that eight grand on that video camera might not have been the best investment for you. Yeah, or if you don't have the storage, right? Because it doesn't matter. Like, what does it matter at that point? Unless you're going to sell the direct raw 4K video, um, yeah, it doesn't matter because it's all going to be streaming. It it's all going to be clocked down based on where it's being uploaded anyway. But so when you're paying for for storage, is different, you know. For thirty plus years now, you've been a professional fetish photographer, videographer. Um, and then uh, where the the world I met you in, what so maybe the last five, six years, you moved into another realm? Um, yeah, 2016, 2017, I started uh, hosting book parties with a, with a buddy of mine, and we started letting it grow. I'd already been working with my competition on their events, and I was doing photography work for their events, and yeah, I was listening to the people that were going to those events around here in, in this area. And a buddy of mine came up and said, hey, I think we can do better. And I listened to his pitch and I told him, I'll give it a shot, you know. And he was down in the central Texas area. And I was up here in Amarillo and it was, we just started trying to make things happen. And then it progressed to where two years ago, right around COVID time. Uh, I partnered up with Phoenix Stacy, and uh, things just kind of took off from there. And we've been number one in the nation for a couple of years now. And, you know, what we put out is definitely what, what the fetish guys, at least the foot fetish guys, it's what they want, it's what they're looking for. Um, and I, I'm thrilled death, thrilled to death to see that, you know, it's, yeah. just, it's tough. I mean, it's not, it's not an easy 
not at all an easy gig, you know, but, but I like the product that we put out and I like the feedback that we get and the models seem to like it. So I'd say those are all wins that, you know, allow us to keep doing this labor of love a lot of times. Just now, I don't, <clears throat> I don't know if it's because I'm on your side of the team. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, so my, my opinion is biased <laughs> slightly. Um, but I never hear anything negative about, like, I've no, heard negative no. things about other places that I've never even been to. So, I, I mean, I can't say whether it's true or, or not, but. Well, there's, always I, someone, there's always someone who's going to be a little critical of some, one thing or another. But typically the, the, the problems that consumers had always complained about were the same problems that exist in the industry today, which is you have people with education or experience in the vanilla business world trying to apply that to the adult entertainment industry and it really doesn't work they don't cross over it's the if anyone's been on the social media and had someone cold message you you know on on a platform like twitter or snapchat or instagram and and do the oh i'll send you pictures for da 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 da, da and it's like yeah if i want your pictures i'll approach you right? or they'll get right. to or they'll get to a party that's similar to ours and you've got girls in there that they hustle for a living, uh, meaning they're dancers typically. And yeah. they come in and the minute you get in there, it's like, oh, well, this is the, this is the normal rate, but I'm special and I'm going to charge you double and you're going to pay it. It's like no consumer wants a bait and switch and right. trying to educate people that bait and switch doesn't work. It's like, you know, you're here to network. You know, I want I want someone that's literally on a budget. They don't make 200k a year to come out and, and buy, you know, exorbitantly overpriced sessions. You know, which there are those that command the rates that they charge, and I think everyone should charge whatever they feel like they should. I'm not I'm not being critical of that, but it's the you got to realize that the majority of guys that are online looking for fetish entertainment, it's like they're on a budget. It's like if you don't make it accessible, then they just sit and pout. You know, they won't ever come out. They won't ever come out and participate. They won't realize that they're not the only one in the world that has this kind of interest, or this is their escape from being, you know, adulting during the week. Well, um, not just that, but if you do the whole bait and switch, or if you, you know, they might do it the one time, but they're not going to come back, and no, they're not going to be a repeat customer because they're not going to have such a great time. They never do. And that's the problem that we kept running into as far as critiques that Stacy and I were hearing was how many of them do a bait and switch? How many of them just go for the ripoff or how many of them they'll entertain the idea that you want to gaze at, you know, pine over and, and rub their feet, you know, and then they, they act like there's something wrong with you because you do it. And in my experience, because I've owned, I've owned clubs before. It's like, I've, own and managed clubs for several years. I, you know, owned and managed, you know, other venues and, and done other things uh, in and out of the adult industry before. And that was one of the things is I learned was that, you know, no one wants to be made fun of for what they're into. And even though foot fetish is probably the most common fetish out there, it doesn't mean that the stereotypes apply. And my experience was the vast majority of foot guys are passive. They're not at all submissive. And while you can make money as a, as a content provider, you can make money doing the whole, 
loser, you know, you're this, you're that, and make fun of them. It's like the guys that actually have money, it's like they're not interested in that. They'll keep their money in their pocket if you insult them. Right. You can't shame them. Right. Yeah. And, and so yeah. trying to get the newer, the newer models that are out there, you know, at least at the parties, we try and educate the models on what foot guys are like because they're not everyone has a BDSM aspect to it. And then we try and, you know, show them you're not going to make this alone, you know, because you have to plug into a network, especially nowadays in order to get your name out, get your brand out, and then start building on it. And then, you know, get them out of the whole high school mentality thing of, oh, what's the follower count? It's like, well, you don't need 30,000 trolls. You need 30,000 buyers. Right. You know, and trying to make yeah. them understand <laughs> your follower count doesn't matter. It's like, or the, the way Stacy explained it uh, to one girl uh, was, you don't know what they're bringing to the table and it takes nothing to put a social media up and say they're a pro. If they don't have a .com, if they don't have proof that they are, they're professional on set or they're professional in the things that they produce, it's like, what are they bringing that's going to make you want to trade with them? What can they bring you that no one else is going to? Or what can they bring you that will be a different vibe or a different feel for the content that you produce for your fans and followers? And then trying to make girls understand that like you know, trade shoots are they're they're made for everyone to get something out of the deal. It's not it's not the same as the girls that come and say, Well, you're gonna pay me. It's like I'm not. You know, it's the the ones that come in with that, it's like you're losing a lot of the content that you would get simply for the cash. It's and that's from a consumer standpoint, going back to that, that's what the guys are like, is that they don't they understand people are in, in this to make money and, and get exposure and pay their bills but they don't want to be raped on the price when literally the only thing you care about is their wallet. They want to be able to believe that you don't mind that someone just wants to play with your feet. You don't mind that someone wants, you know, you'll let sit there and let someone rub your feet for 10, 15, 20 minutes or buy your, your dirty pantyhose and everything will be fine. You're not going to be made fun of. Without judgment. Yeah, absolutely. I went to one of your parties, as you know, uh, last May. Yeah. So, getting on almost a year ago um yeah helped you out did a little security got got to see the lay of the land um you know got to while i was hanging out with any who's regularly you know part of the the administrative side of your parties and i had never been to you know we all know the big the two big named i'm sure one of them is one of the ones you worked for there yes. were when we started there were two coast to coast big named parties we won't name them because we don't need to Right, but we know we, you've described how they operate, and yes. I live outside the biggest city in the world, so those were the parties that were available to me, and I kind of already saw the bait and switch just in the way they advertised, and I saw the way they're advertising. Oh yeah, we're gonna jack up the rate because we're getting X blah 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 porn star. You know what, Queen Super Pussy here is nothing in the foot fetish world. <laughs> she is not a draw. Yep for this this right. girl who commands x at the strip club is not a draw when she's busted up her feet and her pleaser shoes for the last decade they yeah. don't get what a draw is they think they get because these are names these are adult names and they they don't get that they they try to bring that and they crank up their rates because they have that that's crazy i come down to texas and I, I'm getting a chance, especially before we started, to talk to the, the women who were participating in your party. 
and some of them are new and some of them are seasoned and they get the fetish and those that don't network with each other and then watching how it goes yes there's i'm watching what's going on in the paid sessions because that's what i was there for i was you know wandering around and keeping an eye on people make sure things were secure and i'm also wandering around what's happening in what i might call the pit the area where people are just sitting down between sessions and your women are interacting with the guys not trying to hustle not putting on the hard sell trying to get them immediately no it's like it's a, like in a, to, it's a party it's like a we're party. socializing yeah. it's socializing mingling like just having great conversation like it's awesome yeah and I, well, it stops for your bottom line a, a, a guy could show up to your party pay their door and probably have a good time never getting a session it's not that's not the customer that, is, correct. that but, is totally correct but yeah, nobody would be out any money out any time and everyone involved could have a good time because he's not also not taking away from a model's time who could be making money off somebody else true that is it's exactly like how here is your very very nominal door price at least compared to where I am in New York City. Compared very nominal. Others, yes. And exactly. that gets someone in the door. And from that point, everyone's having a great time. Yeah. And honestly, the rest of it, it's referred to as tips. And it truly feels that way. Yeah, there's a little bit of a stopwatch going on just to make sure that. But there's a stopwatch going on and nobody's going crazy. Like, uh, time's up. Get the help, you know. It's, yeah, it's to make ones, sure that no one's going crazy. The ones that, that pull a lot of that are, we definitely don't ever expect them back or want them back. The ones that have some unrealistic expectations, um, they usually don't get invited back. The ones that have come in with a little bit too much ego for, for where they're at, it's like they don't get invited back because we we go out of our way to try and take care of our, our customers, our reliable customers that are there every four times a year, five times a year sometimes i mean we did a we did a party in vegas and we had we had a couple of guys that traveled out from texas to go to the vegas party just because they'd see girls they wouldn't see otherwise yeah and so let, let's talk about the wear for a second so i you do four or five parties a year in austin and then no, we do two a year in austin and we do right now we do two a year in austin and two a year in dallas oh really it's only that few yeah and that's we We've thought of doing more, um, and Stacy was rather on fire to try and do more for a while, and I told her that if you try and do too many back-to-back, then it becomes too familiar, and the yes. guys typically are not going to show up because they're going to yeah. assume... Because oh, they know next month there'll be another one right there, like right around the corner. Um, so and the, way, the way we have to market them, it takes usually takes between six and eight weeks to market a party effectively, and so when you're you're putting it out there. It's like you've got adjustment lists to the models. You've got adjustment lists to the venue. It's like there's things that there's a lot of detail that goes into what we do. So when you're literally trying to market something out and someone comes up and has to cancel at the last second because they're, they have a day job and their day job won't let them off or they've got, you know, kid gets sick or, you know, something like that or travel plans change because they had a big client come in and booked them on that weekend i mean there's there's a thousand things that happen and when you deal with national level models you you realize that 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 kind of thing can happen so you have to be ready to roll with it 
and then make a last minute adjustment. The other problem is the ones that don't realize that with a, a six to eight week lead time, it's like, once you commit, it's like, I have to, on my end, I have to, it's not just setting up your personal things. It's like, whatever it takes you to do in a day, multiply it times 25. And that's what I do. Um, I have to, right. you know, the ones that don't send me images and they've never attended a party before, I have to go find their images. And, you know, they have the, the amount that they send when they apply. And then on images and video, I have to go rip it manually from their social media. And it's, you know, it's funny when someone gets, you know, a week out from a party and I get a message on social media that they want to be added because they're going to be in that area. And it's like, yeah, I'm not putting you in, you know, a week before an event when I've had girls that have literally been marketing themselves coming to this event, you know, for okay. months. I was going to say, your, your marketing effort, I've seen it. Um, I would say, well, because it's the more stable site, I see a little more, a little more active on your Twitter you're putting out posts almost daily saying what girls are going to be at the upcoming party. And at the yeah. same time, the ones who are probably, uh, probably your favorite ones to work with are doing the same. They're marketing that they're going to be at this party. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. And you and I were having the exchange in May, just, you know, while we were teasing that Andy and I were going to be in one place at the same time, just to have some, have some of our listeners kind of show up and got to see how much you work on the the marketing side of things and the social media. Yeah, and that's that's it's a lot of individuals don't realize the amount of time that it takes to do that because I still have businesses to run on my own, and it's like I you know when I get into a marketing workup, I warn everyone around me that you get within two weeks of a party and I'm going to turn into an asshole. It's like because I've got so <laughs> much, so many things coming at me at once that. Larry, I'm trying to make sure my brain and my body don't shut down on me. And then I've got someone that is, you know, sitting there with a scorecard at home because they don't have anything to do, trying to count how many videos or, or stills I put up on someone. And I'm like, well, honey, if I've only got 12 images on you or 20 images on you, there's not a lot I can cycle through. That's mm -hmm. like, you know, you want me to promote you more, send me some videos, send me some, send me something I can put together for a promo on you and I'll have a lot more to work with. But there's still only so many hours in a day. So if you're going to sit there and scorecard it, it's like, give me a reason to, for you to have the scorecard. It's like, <laughs> when I'm not seeing anything on their social media that they're even going to attend until the week of. It's like, you know, I've got literally almost a hundred hours plus in putting something out. And I don't, you know, I don't want to have to hurt someone's ego, but at the same time, it's like, you know, Honey, there's about half a million girls every six months that jump into the foot game and then jump out. That's why right. whoever the new flavor of the moment is at one of our events, it's like the guy's going to show up, but it's like he's really going to give more money in the long run to the girl that's there every event. So you're going to go. You've got weeks yeah, go of lead up to each of these four parties, five in the year yeah. that you did the uh, the the co the co-hosted party in Vegas. Yeah. And you're spending weeks of your time prior to each of those four parties doing Correct. other people's, well, doing promotion for yourself, but basically doing a, a social media of, of other people's content in a sense. So Correct. Then you've got your own content. So let's, let's talk about that Correct. for a bit. Okay. Okay. So wait, I, I don't want to like back up like a lot, actually. <laughs> Has it? 
has it always been, I mean, I know you kind of do a lot of fetishy kind of stuff, but has it always been feet for you? No. Like, have you uh, always I, had... actually, I actually helped run a kink bar, a little dungeon here in the panhandle. And I do a, a great deal of BDSM stuff. I, I'm a dom. I've been a dom for three decades and I've got some subs. I've got some people that I'm training and, you know, I help them explore that particular lifestyle and be safe about it. And then, you know, educate them on, you know, when they're navigating how their own world is going, uh, try and, you know, help them be, do it in a healthy manner because there's a ton of narcissists out there and a ton of predators that has only seemed to grow over the last four or five years. And so I, yeah, there's a, you know, there's a couple days a week that that's, I'm spent in that kink bar doing things. And it's about, I have a model that's, that comes out to the kink bar or shows up in the kink bar. It's like, I'll film content in it while, while one of our gatherings is going on. I just keep other people out of the frame, but you know, it's trying to educate them in that. So when the ones that think all I do is feet, it's like, no, I do feet. I do BDSM. I do uh, more explicit content on things about the only thing I don't, I, I don't shoot regularly is triple uh, X. And even with triple X content, I have no problem shooting it with you and your partner, but I'm not going to be your male talent. Uh, that's just a personal limit for me is I, I, I don't, I've never put out that kind of content on the regular and I don't intend to, there's too many others that do it much better than I could. And I, there's no reason for me to, but I'll sure give the girls the information that they need if they want to do that on their own clip sites or their own, uh, their own websites and stuff. I have no problem helping them get their niche figured out. You know, it's just, I have the things that I follow for my fans and followers and uh, most of my stuff is always shot POV because the, I've found that that seems to work. It's like, there's you know I, the majority of the models that I work with are all new or relatively brand new. You know, there's established models that I work with that I don't always, I'm not big on throwing my, my name and my brand out there because in 30 years, it's like in 30 years, if you've been on Pornhub, you've probably seen my junk. It's like, that's just the reality of it. It's, <laughs> yeah. There's, they, they know my style, regardless of what the background is. They know my style. They know what I'm putting out. They know how it's going to be put out. And I don't have to, I don't want to go put on a show. I'm trying to represent through my work. I'm trying to represent what it's like to be a foot guy that's not in a, a huge big city, you know, and you're into all these things and you just want someone that's not going to make fun of you, you know, and you don't know how to find what you're looking for. It's like, I, try and provide that so, but how did, so you can do it so then when you when you first started though how, how did you find that like how did you oh I, I mean, honestly how did how i started oh it was yeah cool. that was when we still had usenet and you were going into news groups to find your photos and stuff and you had to unpack them with software because they were put up in different pieces and things i i literally I got tired of seeing non-foot guys trying to put out foot guy, foot guy content and they were clueless as to what a foot guy wanted to see. And so I, I watched it enough and looked at it enough and I was like, you know what? I can do better. I can do better. Yeah. And so I did. And that was literally how I started was, was I got tired of watching people from some very popular magazines that were definitely not foot oriented and they could get you know, a handle on what a foot guy wanted to see or they'd say someone had beautiful feet and you see it's basically a boob shot 
and the girl happens to be barefoot. You know, well, I, we, well, you know, we say I, that I a lot that 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 old that content used to be uh, marketed as leg content. Yes, yes. And so then you'd be like lucky to see the foot. You know what I mean? So um, well, when you have the thing is, is when you have a when you have someone that's truly their thing is breasts or their thing is mainstream angles in their photography, they don't understand that the only difference between turning a boob shot into a foot shot is whether or not you show the whole foot. If you're going to take a three quarter body shot and never show their feet. It's like that's what the foot guys wanting to see. If and they also don't realize because they don't do with foot guys that the number one of the one of the top excuses that a guy that's into feet that doesn't want to be made fun of will say is, "I'm really a leg guy" or "I'm really a butt guy" or "I really like high heels." It's like he's a foot guy. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> I can promise you, it's like when we were all 15, we all dreamt up that that excuse and. The difference when I started doing photography, you know, what after what training I got, uh, you know, that was the that was the difference was they would go up and say, uh, I'm really a I'm really a hose guy. It's like, OK, you're a foot guy on the cool. I just know how high up to show. I just need to put it in some nylons and encase this stuff. And they're always going to respond to it. You know that their actual thing was the nylons, but they're also looking at the legs of the feet. And if you take someone and show a leg shot, but you never show the foot you're typically not going to have a return customer. So the, you know, getting the girls to understand, don't come to me with unpolished nails because typically guys are not really into it. It looks great. Like nowadays it, you'll get the French petty and the naked nail guys that are all over Reddit and some of the less popular platforms, but those guys typically, they never go out and buy content. They're great at blowing up your social media, but they don't typically buy content. And so trying to educate the girl is that, you know, what they need to look for in that, in that customer, for that customer um, is, is a challenge. Likewise, if I get a guy that's not a foot guy, there's some photographers I can train to show them what needs to be shot. Like one of my photographers that comes to the, and helps them with the parties now, uh, Cal B, it's like, Cal's not a foot guy, but he gives some no. of phenomenal foot images and it, all it took was a couple of conversations between he and I. Yeah. And I can just yeah. say no, no, his way. stuff is really his stuff is really good now. And I I'm I don't know, I like love, we have a bet going. A of, I love a lot of his content. It's like Paradox, one of my other photographers, Paradox is not a foot guy. And he gives me some some good images and good video from the stuff that he shoots. It's like, yeah, I was so I was doing the happy dance when uh, bottom drawer started working with us because it was another foot guy. Well, okay, but I, so so leading into that, is there a difference? Like, can you tell in their styles? Yes, easily. It's like I it, I can tell from the quality of equipment. I can tell from the quality of angle. I can tell what they're seeing or not seeing. No, but um, I mean, like, whether they're feet guy or not. Yes, I can. Like, I know they each have their individual styles. You can tell who shot what. Like, I know that we, you know, I can recognize you know bottom drawers photos like just very very quickly so but i mean can you tell like oh yeah, yeah that guy like that guy really likes feet or no that guy you know he's, he's a great shot but he's not a foot guy like yes i can do that that's how, that's how i spotted cal because i i realized he's i you know and after the first set of images i got from him from one of our, our first events that he helped us with that was you know i had a a, a conversation with him afterwards and i i pointed out to him that i knew pretty much what he looks for and what he shoots and 
he was rather surprised. Uh, you you know never... somebody's fetishes by their pictures, their photography. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, I, it's like I can tell, I can look at someone's social media and I can tell you whether or not she's making any money. It's based off of her posts. Um, it's, I've been just been in the business that long. It's, oh you know, my gosh, have... I want to like start looking through people's profiles and be like, that one, how about that one? How about that one? <laughs> uh, it's, it's like doing the end of your survey from Pornhub and finding out in every section of the world, what's the number one search terms that they use. It's like, you can learn a great deal just by figuring out instead of whatever your, your bestie of the moment tells you is the current trend. It's like, why don't you just go look at the people that actually have the data? And we'll tell you, if you're going to sell in, in Eastern Europe, this is what they're going to look for. If you're going to sell in the United States, this is what they look for. And usually, if you go through and look at those results, within the top, the top five every single year for the last 10 or 15 years has been amateur. It's like they don't want yeah. the click, you know, perfect lighting and perfect portraits. It's like guys aren't really into portraits nowadays as consumers that I've seen. They like a good quality photo, but they don't need portraits. They want to see action. They want to see what happened. What did you capture at this second, this, you know, microsecond in the, ex, you know, the exchange of uh, expressions and things like that. And, you know, that's what's in their head when they're doing the fantasy. You know, you have the ones that jump onto the latest, you know, Apple release and they think this is just the shit. And the reality is Apple is not the shit. Um, there's a lot better things out there than what Apple provides, but you have people that that's their favorite brand. And so they'll never change. You know, it's what they grew up on or it's what they, you know, their friend has been telling them, this is the best thing for you. It's like, it's not necessarily the case when you, when you're putting an image together and, or composing an image, it's like people like portraits, but that's how I classify people. It's like bottom drawer is like me. He's a kink photographer. It's like, there's always going to be a focus, but he's he's photographing kink. When you look at Paradox or you look at Cal B, it's like they're portrait photographers. And there's room for all of us in there. It's just that yeah. if I need that perfect portrait where it's the, you know, oh, it's this is perfectly color corrected and there's no shadows and there's no this and there's no that. And you can tell it's a backdrop. It's like you're a portrait photographer. You should, you know, you could work at Olin Mills Family Photo or whatever the newest thing nationally is out there. It's like, but when you're a kink photographer, it's like, you're not going to have perfect lighting. You're not going to have perfect anything. You're shooting whatever you see at that moment. Then if you've got the equipment, you're going to read it and capture someone's moment that they never had. And they, they'll never see anywhere because of how typically, you know, event venues and things are set up. That's where, you know, even our parties, our party photography, whenever I've got people, you know, in the middle of it, it's like, no, I'm not going to be able to tell everybody okay, everybody clear out. I'm going to take this picture now. It's like, I have to work around however many, you know, a hundred people or so that are in that whatever space I'm in. Yeah. And I have to worry about my framing and my composure, <laughs> you know, when I'm putting a shot together and then capture something for that guy that really just wants to have something that proves I had those toes in my mouth, you know, or, you know, I got to spend time talking to this person and she's been my internet crush for five years or 10 years. You know, there's, there's a, there's a great deal of subtlety that goes in on it. And that's where I tell people is that I've got training in portrait. I've got training in fashion. I've got training in all types of photography, although I've never gone to school for it, 
but I've been trained by guys that had 30, 40, 50 years in the industry. It's like, I know how to shoot it. That's where, you know, just because but, I don't shoot triple X content doesn't mean I don't know how. Right. You know, it's, or the ones that, or the ones that look at your follower count and they're like, oh, there's only 1,200 followers. It's like, well, I've been shadow banned for about 15 years. You know, <laughs> so you're not going to see more than 600 followers or so on my Instagram ever. You know, you're not going to see more than 1,200 or 2,000 followers on my Twitter ever because they've shadow banned me for that long. It's like, but I have, I have that amount of buyers every month versus someone that's got, you know, 30, 40, 50,000 followers and they've got 30, 40, 50,000 trolls wanting free stuff from them every day. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what is, what is your favorite content to shoot? Like um, just money aside, like forget what sells the most. What, right. what does Ed like to shoot? I, I honestly, I, I like to, I like, it's a plethora of things. Uh, I want to see the expression that no one else gets to see. That's what I want to capture. I want to capture the expression on a foot, first foot worship. I want to see the, the first O face when they're on one of, on like a Sibian. Uh, I want to see the what it's like when you see them doing impact play with a flogger on someone for the first time and you see that little switch get flipped and you see their eyes light up because they're like, hey, I like doing this shit. You know, it's, I want to find that. When I'm shooting, you know, more explicit things, it's like, I like taking someone that's never given a foot job and being able to show show them that there's more than, than three holes in, a hand, in your hands. It's like show them there are there are other things you can do to make your partner never leave you if you'll just cater to them a little bit. You know, and not make because, you know I I and the older I've gotten, there's there's been some things that have evolved a little bit because you know, doing things doing things as long as I have, I'm not in my twenties anymore, I'm not in my thirties anymore. It's like there's a certain amount of recovery time and stuff that I I just gotta have because of how old i am and trying to make people understand that it's that's how a lot of my things have evolved is that i don't shoot everything explicit anymore used to that was primarily almost all i ever put out was explicit content and that was that was how my life is the other one is trying to make people realize that you know the better part of my sex life since 1992 is online um and they, they usually freak out on that simply because of that. I'm like, you know, I'm, I've always I've got a camera in my hand almost all the time. If I'm I don't have a camera in my hand, that's usually when I regret not having the camera. You know, it's it's not a requirement, but it's like typically if I'm in the middle of something and something really cool happens, I'm going to I'm to grab for a camera just to preserve it. Um, it's just I, I like seeing people that they've been in toxic relationships repetitively and they feel like they they have nothing to offer. And it's like, usually I'll just tell them, let me show you what I see. It's like, if you'll give me a chance to show you what I see, it's like, you might change your mind and not believe that, you know, that abusive douchebag that you were with for, you know, five, 10, 15 years in a, in a loveless marriage or in a loveless relationship. Let me show you what I see. You know, it's not a pitch to make them my girlfriend or anything. It's literally a pitch to just let me show you what I see when I look at you. And normally, the ones I mean, that, that sounds so much more than just shooting. I mean, that's a lot of healing, <laughs> that's a lot of motivating and confidence. And I mean, that's a whole lot of but other never, stuff besides it. Never started um, out that way for me, any, but it's like over time, especially after I jumped back into the business, it was 
I was seeing a lot of people that were beat down and abused and still doing the whole, you know, junior high, high school stripper dressing room, compare yourself to everyone else and always find yourself coming up lacking. It's like, we are our own worst enemies when it comes to beating ourselves up over things. Yeah. And to try and get someone to pull you out of that and say, yes, all of this that you say is true, but that's not what I see. Can I show you what I see? Or yes, this is all true. Yes, this happened to you. I don't know how to help you, but I can do this and show you how pretty you are. You know, and when you've got someone that will do that and literally put a boudoir set together or buy a, you know, buy like the the higher end boudoir photographers where they're putting together twelve hundred archive dollar archive books, it's like I would rather do that for someone and let them say at least one time in your life, this is how you looked and this is how someone saw you. You know, and that's a lot of times is more healing. So in those dark moments when you really feel like the world is totally against you, you can pick that up and look at it and go, wow, someone thinks I'm hot. Or yeah, I may not. Right. Not be- or look how great I look there. Yeah. You know, so when someone's looking at you doing the online flame game, which is so prevalent these days with some some people, it's like they feel big by cutting you down. It's like I tell I try and tell people don't read the comments. You know, that you if you don't know how to pick out what's just a cheap swipe versus something that's a legit critique, it's like don't talk to them. It's easier to block them. You know, it's the thing is too, yeah, once you don't pay attention to that kind of stuff, they stop coming. Like, I don't get that kind of stuff in my in my comments anymore. I did a few no. years ago when I first started. And in the beginning, I would address them either, you know, saying something kind of generic, like, yeah, we all have our, you know, opinions, whatever. Yeah. Or, um, you know, I'm, I'm really mouthy and I am, like, quick with the comeback. So I'd come with something snarky. But I'm like, then I'm just giving them the attention that they want, you know. Oh, and once I started... Like once I started completely dismissing them, like I just don't even bother to acknowledge that they've said anything. It just doesn't happen anymore. I spent a really long time, I think. Well, no, Top, remember we did the, um, we had a, an episode, the last two episodes that we did, it was like assumptions and rumors, like shit that we hear about ourselves, right? Yeah. And yeah, some people send stuff terms. in and, and I was like, you know, make an assumption about me or something like that. And like a lot of people like, well, not a lot. There was a few comments that somebody sent in like, you're fat or you're ugly or you're what, I can't remember what the other one was, but um, I don't know. It's just, you just don't pay attention to that kind of stuff. It just doesn't phase you. Like, I'm like, right. yeah, I'm fat, but you make it seem like it's a bad thing. Like who said fat was being bad? Like that, who said that's negative? Like I'm, we, I'm yeah, I've, gone I've gone through that with so many people. Where they're they're so worried, it's like, oh, I don't look like so and so. It's like, well, so and so is only twenty three, and they don't, they've never, they don't have kids, you know, they've never had to deal with, you know, the day to day crime, or so and so is, or I'm fat and I'm this, and it's like, yeah, milk sells, and they're like, why? Well, I was like, there are guys that have more fantasies about their next door neighbor than have about that eighteen to twenty three year old that's all over Snapchat. Yeah, it's like, you know, believe me, it's like there's a, there's a market for almost everything out there. But Absolutely. if you're only looking for positive feedback, you're not going to get it. I mean, there's always going to be one person who's sitting alone, home alone that wants to just say something ugly so they feel empowered. And it's easier to just hit the delete button on that comment or block them and not say a word. And a lot of times it's when they come back then they find out they've been blocked. You know, they want to try and stir up drama on social media. And I'm like, 
it doesn't work. It just makes them look stupid. That's where I, I typically don't respond to very many. It's easier just not to respond. And, you know, it took a lot of us a little while to realize just don't feed the trolls. Right. Yeah. They they thrive (laughs) on you interacting. It's a hard lesson to teach people. I mean, it's harder for you and I, Ed, because we came from an internet before the comments. We, we We didn't come into the social media part of the internet. We came into a more static part of the internet. I had, so we, I had as, a guy, this was back in 92, I had a guy on one of the Usenet groups I was in, oh, and he, yeah, was, Usenet was, he was just flaming, he was just flaming some of the images, and I finally got fed up, and then one comment I put back, I was like, well, when you pick up a camera and hold it while someone is doing this to you, it's like, then you have a right to criticize me. Until then, you're downloading my stuff and putting it into your spank bank. And it took him about... <laughs> It took him about two weeks, and he actually, he's the only one that ever did it, but that dude actually posted a public apology because he tried, but he, all of his complaints, he tried doing what I do and discovered it's not easy. It's not at all easy to do what I do. And, you know, getting that apology, it was like, I felt like, yes, I won, you know, because it was, it was, it was easy to sit there and armchair quarterback something when you're not even willing to go try and do it. It's the, the same issue I have with people that do the whole screenshot your comment and send it in to get your account disabled because you hurt their feelings. It's like, well, when you're asking inappropriate things or things that they've already said no to, it's like you don't need to be bothering them with it anymore. Or the guys that will, the wannabe producers, as I call them, that are out there, and there's, a, there's hundreds of them, that they're really yeah. looking for a girlfriend. And rather than just tell you, hey, I want a girlfriend and I really like you, it's like, well, and, you know, no, bro, that's not how this works. You don't pick up your next girlfriend by putting a camera in your hand, you know, and they don't have anything to support what they're doing. It's the, it's trying to get people to be a little bit realistic with the difference between a critique and that's not, I don't shoot that content or I don't do that. You know, it's trying to get people to understand that sometimes you don't need to put your political feelings into your social media when the guy is only there to look at your pretty pictures you know, or look at your video and go buy a clip. You know, they don't want to see the the rest of the drama from the world. That's what they're trying to escape from. Um, and that's, I, I try never to put too many personal things into my social media because I know no one cares. My friends will care if I'm having a bad week or a bad day or my PTSD is acting up or something like that. But for the most part, my customers don't care. They're there to, they're there to look at whatever I'm putting out. And they really don't know me, you know. So it's the realizing your online friends aren't necessarily your friends. Um, it's you get into the gamer community, and you'll see that with gamers a lot. They get attachments to people that they've met in these online chats and these big gaming uh, games that are out there, and they they identify that avatar and that person is, you know, that's who that person is, and it's that's not the case. It's you know you have to try and separate virtual from real world. And that's not always the easiest thing for some people to do these days. Um, yeah, there's a bit of a persona that most of us have, you know. Um, yeah, and we, all have, we all have to have one. And that's usually the, yes. when someone is starting out, and I'm telling you, feel out your persona, find out what demographic or what group of people that you hit for. It's, you know, that's why you have the, the, the models that do cosplay content versus the models that do Dom content versus the models that they're just the girl next door. You know, it's or they're the college chick that's just trying to, you know, put some ramen into her her cupboard. It's like you have to realize what you've got before you decide 
you know, is this, is this the direction I want to go? And when you start figuring out what hits, it's like, it may, you may hit on something that's definitely not your thing or you well, don't get it. We could, we could have you give advice to the upcoming models for probably three, four episodes, but we're running low on time. We want to give you an opportunity. So what, what are you working on right now? What is it that you're doing that Wait. you want to pimp? Right, right along those lines, though, can I ask, you know, you have so much, um, so so you're so knowledgeable and have so much great advice is, is like consultation, like, could somebody come to you and ask you for training? Like, is that a service that you provide to in addition to? Yeah, I'll talk to anyone. I'll give anyone the information I have. It's Yeah, but like, I I don't, I don't have any problem trying to help someone if it, gets me on you know if it starts taking too much time yeah we'll have to discuss something because i've got you know obligations that i you know that pay the mortgage but i typically i'll talk to anyone if they message me or or text me or email me it's like i'll talk to them you know because i I want everyone to realize what a connection value it's a networking value if you realize what's out here that's not overwhelming it, it it helps everyone in the long run and you've got, you know, people that you'll actually go meet in real life, you know. Okay, so let's put those two things together. What is it, what is it you want to promote that you're working on right now that's, that's yours, that's the parties, things like that? And how do people get in touch with you, your social media? The Texas And Party. where can they buy all your content? Most oh, of I hope that, that's, <laughs> that's what I said. What does he want to promote? Yes, I'm hoping what he wants to promote put some dollars in his pockets. I'm on clips for sale. I'm on mini vids. Uh, you know, if they hit my Twitter, I have in all my links um, that's under Texas Fetish Legends or TX Fetish Legends. Um, the parties is TexasFootParties.com. The the biggest thing I'm putting in most of my energy into right now is the foot parties because we have one coming up in February in Austin, and that's where the majority of my time is is being spent now um until we pass through that party um which is texasfootparties.com and then if if they if anyone's got questions all they have to do is messages you know message me anywhere it's like i'll i'll respond it's you know i i don't discriminate on responses unless it's hi or a dick pic it's like if you can't read the profile to realize you're talking to a dude it's like I, (laughs) no yeah yeah, top, top toes gets a lot of those for sure. Uh, get a lot of high, get a lot of dick pics. Get a lot of hate princess. Yeah, I, I, actually, <laughs> I actually had to show, I actually had to show a local model here how many dick pics I get in a day because they don't read. And it, she, her, she thought she got a lot. And I was like, oh no, I have an entire collection. I could fill a one terabyte drive with all the collections of wieners that I have ah, that have been. No, I don't get that many anymore. Thankfully, I think I've gotten one in the last two months, and that was on my Telegram. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> there's, yeah, <laughs> there's, there's some I just stay away from. If I get hi, it's like no, I'm not even answering that. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, tell you know, tell me why you're messaging me. I mean, I it, it's funny to me because the the plethora of dudes that think that that's the way to get someone to really want to meet you and talk to you. It's like, well, it's kind of creepy, bro. It's like, you yeah. didn't ask to see it. Why are you just sending it? Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm glad you appreciate what I'm putting out. And I gave you that physiologic response. It's like, I, <laughs> still, it's like you don't even know me. It's like, <laughs> yeah. And I, there, I, have, I have a guy that's local to our area that he does that. He'll blow up someone's social media and then, 
out of nowhere, he goes from being the nice, polite gentleman to sending dick pics every other day. And I'm like, dude, that's why no one wants to be around you. <laughs> and it just oh, kills him. Like, you know, it, at least in Texas, they made it illegal to do that. They can actually charge you with a misdemeanor in Texas if you yeah. do that. Texas and California. Yeah, and it, it's I'm, funny to watch their faces when they're like, that's real. It's like, oh, yeah, that's real. I said, if you send it to the wrong person and they know you live in their area, it's like they can file on you. And some I've I've run into some some girls over the last few years that they do if they if you send an unsolicited pick to them they will they will call and file on you um you know that's typically it's like i don't know maybe that's what i need to respond with from now on right like just yeah just like yeah. that that per, pursuant to texas penal code section blog <laughs> california penal code section <laughs> blah that's yeah. gonna people will run away screaming quick they do and then they all gravitate to the those anonymous platforms that you know, no one should be on anyway, unless you're just literally cruising for that kind of thing. And I'm not going to name them, but there's there's a couple out there that I tell them. It's like, don't don't go on there for business. If you're going to go on there, go on there for the chat or for the 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 networking connection that you get from the people you know there. But don't don't try and do right. business. Yeah, because they'll yeah. they'll do chargebacks. They'll do all kinds of stuff. And when you get someone that's just desperate for a sale, that's usually when they start getting themselves into a wreck. You know. But for, for me, it's like, I, you know, I want the parties to be on all inclusive. I want every accessible to everyone, not just the guys that, you know, have white collar jobs and, and awesome careers and they've got a lot of money to burn. And, you know, I want it to be available to the guy that's working for minimum wage, you know, somewhere yeah. and he's going to come out and get to talk to someone and, and yeah. meet them. Meet and all the girls meet like 25 to 30. How many models do you usually have? in, a, in uh, Between 25 and 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me all like think, 25 to 30, you know, meet me at the door. I'm usually yep. there at the door giving hugs out. Yep. <laughs> um, and based on a bit of prior pre-episode conversation, I guess the next time I'll be in Texas, we'll try to make that happen again. We'll come down on another party weekend. I have you back out because I had a lot of fun the last time you were there. It's like there's, especially when no one really knows unless you talk they they never recognize you which well, is true too yeah a great, a great help i'm usually they, a disembodied voice <laughs> yeah, you could you can see their faces are like i know that voice i know that voice where do you know i was like where do you know it did you look at his shirt <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> right <laughs> hey so we've been talking about this party this upcoming party and we have not said the date so tell oh he did but we'll say it one more time february 4th in austin texas is the next Texas Foot Parties event. All right. We'll get Texas Foot Parties and Texas Foot Legends linked up on the uh, on the website at ohthosetoes.com. Um, awesome. Ed, thank you so much for spending this time with us. Uh, it's been great. It's would have been so easy to go into like two, three hours, but you know we can't do that because people try to listen on their commute home. <laughs> thank you for having me. I, I mean, that's true. I mean, that really is true. We talked for like 30 minutes before we even came on, so... <laughs> yeah so thank you so much for being with us and, and giving us all your insight and uh great voice guys. too yeah I, you know you like all. really love being on here with two guys with great voices i'm like really fucking yeah, i'm feeling a bit congested so i think ed's got the better voice this particular episode i, I think he's got to beat a little bit right now yeah but, but yeah. you know what i'm a little congested too so fucking allergies <laughs> are kicking our ass so yeah um, well, thank you so much, and thank you as always to all our listeners. We we do this for you, and uh, 
you know, we appreciate you coming back here week after week to listen to us uh, spiel or hopefully bring you some insightful people like Ed, who uh, you enjoy hearing from. So as always, thank you. Thank you to our guests and our listeners. And for those of you who found a reason to masturbate to our voices this whole time. Hell yeah. You're, you're welcome. Very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and don't send me proof. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't need proof. Bye. Bye.